Welcome back to AB Side, another episode with me, Ben, and our co-host. Why do we always do that, Ben? I know, we all know you're Ben. We all know I'm Anzi. This is the AB Side podcast. Anyway, welcome back. <laughs> just thought I wanted to do a different, just do a different introduction, Ben. Enough already. Consistency. Consistency. Uh, just cue the jingle music. Let's get on with this. So we are continuing on with our live series. Um, this week we have two great guests that I've uh, <laughs> I've had to ask for a massive favour to be on this show. First up, we have uh, my splendid friend Jan. Hi, Jan. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, a bit tired, but um, looking forward to this lovely discussion. So, yeah. Jan, can you share a bit about who you are? Okay, so so my name's Jan, uh, as he has just said. Um, I uh, what to share? I am in my early forties. Um, I'm unmarried because that's uh, that's appropriate for this for this podcast. Um, I know Ansi through my brothers. Um, and also, my one of my oldest brother, Callan, knows your pastor, Bert. Um, I'm a project manager for the government and enjoying single life. Mm. Okay, we'll hear more about that in a moment. Great, yeah. Uh, our, our second guest is our friend, Josh. Josh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, yes. My name is Josh Eck. Uh, thanks very much for inviting me to be on this. Uh, Anzi and Ben. Um, so yes, I'm a missionary with uh, an organization, a charity called the Chinese Overseas Christian Mission. Um, so I'm a missionary of them, but that basically means that my uh, kind of week-to-week job is uh, preaching in different ethnic, ethnically Chinese churches around the country and also running uh, lots of training and development uh, conferences and retreats for teenagers, university students, working adults, and so on and so on as well. Um, so yeah, I normally get to travel around the country quite a lot, but this year I've not been able to do that. Um, and yeah, I am also a single, a singleton, and I currently live in Milton Keynes, uh, close by my charity's headquarters. Great. So, Ansi, what are we talking about this week? So we are talking about singleness, as the title suggests. Um, so you know how in life we go through different life seasons and chapters? You grow up... Um, from being a child to an adolescent teenager. And then, you know, we talked about in the previous episode, student life. And in the student life, then maybe you start dating or not. Um, But at some point, you will have to grapple with this topic of singleness. And singleness is not always something that we as a church always talk about because there's not a great deal of single people in the church. There are. Um, they might be quiet or there might be a small minority, but I thought, you know what? It's time that a singleton speak out. <laughs> so yeah, that's why we're going to explore the topic of singleness because the next episode we'll be talking about dating, um, and, and further and further away. Okay. So yeah, that's why we're talking about singleness today, Ben. Yeah, it's good. I'm excited to, to hear what you guys have to say. Why? Um, why are you excited? I mean, you've you've not been single for a long time. I've ben. not been single for fifty percent of my life. Wow. Yeah. So I feel like I'm not going to have a lot of wisdom on this topic, but I, I'm expecting to learn a lot. So um, here's my first question for for you guys: What is the worst thing that someone has said to you about your singleness, about being single? I was recently asked. What was I doing about meeting men? As if it was my fault that I was single. Wow. How did you respond? I had to restrain myself from responding too too harshly to the person. Um, so because because there is I suppose there is um a preconception that singleness is within your control. And I think to a large degree, it's not. So I think that's one of the, yeah, one of the myths. Mm. I feel like I want to unpack that 
but this is our starter question. So, so <laughs> Josh, uh, I can't really think of anything like harsh or that was really really bad. Like a lot of people call me picky. Uh, okay. As 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 yeah, I, I guess there's this impression that people have that I I I have options, but that I I'm just picky about my options. And see what what's the worst thing someone said to you? Um, well, the worst thing someone has said to me was it was at a wedding a couple of years ago, and I think she was just drunk. It was an auntie from like years and years and years ago, just you know, church auntie. Oh are you still not married? And I just thought, oh my goodness, I, I just walked away, you know? At that point, you just you just don't know what to say. You don't know how to respond. You're just in shock at the way someone says something to you. And so, yeah, that's the worst something someone has said to me. Do you think that's, do you think it's more due to the misconceptions that that people have when they say those kind of things? Is that is that why it's um, not a nice thing to say, or is it because of the, there's like asking that question within yourself? I think it's not a nice thing to say because it's under the assumption that everyone's on the same journey and everyone wants the same result, and I think mm. that's why it's not nice because because some people you don't you don't know some people. Um, uh, you don't know if they're choosing to remain single. And so therefore we should respect their choice and not say to them, oh, why are you still single? Or why aren't you dating? It's like, well, actually they've made a, a choice of, of, uh, otherwise than what you've assumed. And for some people it's that the circumstances means that they don't, they're not able to meet people um, or they just haven't found the right person. Hmm. So that's why it's not that nice. It's just the lack of sensitivity, isn't it? Yeah. So what are some of the the lies or the misconceptions about singleness that maybe that bother you the most in society? Josh, you talked about being picky. Do you want to lead with that? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll lead it back in there quickly. I think with pe- people saying that I'm picky... Uh, Oh man, how do I link that? That wasn't where my thoughts were going. Because I was actually, well, I, I, let me let me go for my natural train of thought. Because I was going to link this back to part of the previous question. Because I guess it's a lot of people right now when they ask when they, when they're trying to find out whether you're still single or not, they won't ask you, "Are you still single?" They will ask that question in the phrase of, "Why are you still single?" So I think a lot of us kind of we we hear the undertones of it as if there is a cultural expectation within that question that says. You shouldn't be single, so why are you still single? Defend yourself um, with either the choices that you've made or the situation that you've you found your, yourself your, yourself in, which we we do not expect from a societal uh, position. And I think that's true, probably whether you're talking about it's like general society or or the church society or even the Chinese church society as the kind of the sub network that I'm part of as well. Um, and so. It would almost be nicer if people asked um, simply just a neutral question of "Are you still single?" and for you to give your own uh, response with as much detail as you want to at that point, depending on how comfortable you are, you are with the person. But the fact that they ask it in the sense of "Why are you still single?" means that you're you're forced to defend your position in a viber position, basically. So I think when people tell me that I'm picky, it's it's kind of the same kind of question as well, like defend why you have uh, been picky and therefore found yourself in the position of being single still at this point as well. So it, it and so for me, like those two kind of perspectives just point to this. There is there is this, this constant underlying idea that someone who is of uh, of of let's say uh, normal personality and character um, is working and is of a certain certain age and maturation should be single should be single and if they're not then something is uh something's wrong we don't know what that is it could be either them personally that that's not public or it could be like a a societal issue that's been unexplained and no one's observed yet but yeah there does seem to be a massive expectation both inside and outside the church that uh singleness seems to be um at least yeah it seems to be something that's that needs that needs fixing or at least needs kind of like developing. 
Mm. Yeah, that's good. Well, I guess we'll we'll jump back onto that a bit later. Ansi, what do you think? Yeah, it's singleness is seen as a bad thing. I think it's people view single people as the odd one out, you know, the third wheel, the extra light bulb, the awkward person that ruins a pack of, you know, four magnums because, you know, maybe I'll just be around at their place and I'll have that third magnum and just ruin that, you know, that number. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> I've had comments from people before. Um, so I just, I'm just like, I won't eat your magnums then. Um, but, but yeah, it's just, it's just not very, it, you're just seen as the odd one out, an odd, awkward person, because, you know, you're a singleton. It's almost like you are on the fringes of society at times, because in some ways, some sometimes church life is very focused on the family, focused on marriages, focused on, you know, raising children, um, and then you tend to find the people that are sat by the sides are the single ones, you know, that don't have families close by or don't have, you know, that they'll just be spending time with friends um, because that's where they'll be getting their communication and social from because they, you know, when when you live away from family, that that's all you have is or your, your friends, right? But I think we're seen as, yeah, not like we have leprosy, but it's almost like there's something wrong with you because you've not found someone. So yeah, that's one of the misconceptions. How about you, Jan? Yeah, I think I'll add on to that, that, um, that singleness is second best, I think is, is, is one of the myths that um, goes around um, because you never, because you never get the sense that it's okay to strive to remain single. Um, it's 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 a given that everyone is on a journey to to finding somebody and to to also having a family, to having that package. Um, yeah, and it's and I suppose it's very unusual or slightly unaccepted if that is not what you want and that's not what you're headed for. I think I will also, will also say that when people kind of have, they project that kind of um, uh, societal expectation onto myself or others as, as individuals who are kind of in that position, though, I, I want to also give them the benefit of the doubt that they do mean well. So it's not as if that we're being, it's not, so whatever happens to me anyway, it's not like I feel blamed or like I feel like I'm being told to change my situation. At least it's taken me time to get to that point anyway. So I might have felt that before, but now I, I can understand it as people kind of, they don't necessarily think that my singleness is a bad thing, but that they're hoping for my increased or kind of evolved happiness and <laughs> completeness or whole or wholeness by by being married um, instead. And I guess there's lots of reasons for that. Whether they think that I'll be able to have children or being have have, have a spouse um, and to enjoy that that mode of life uh, is is something that they've been able to enjoy as well if they're married um, and that they want that for me as well. So it's kind of they want the best for me. Uh, but of course, when it comes out, it, it it comes it always comes across in that in that kind of societally understood way of why are you still single when really what they're hopefully i think sometimes are trying to mean is uh why why are you still single like why 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 haven't you been able to find this happiness that the rest of us have found um so so far as well yeah josh i think i think i think that's nice actually that you said that about that because it, it is true most people are coming at it with the best of intentions aren't they um, that they want you to have this increased happiness or evolved happiness, as you talked about. Um, and I think it also comes back to that um, that they've not seen other role models that are that are single. I mean, mm. people predominantly are married and have families. And so in a way, they're only speaking from their social conditioning. Um and so, in a in a way, they don't know any better than 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 that what, what that looks like. Um, you know that kind of expected life travel. Um, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think that's I think that's good that um, you've acknowledged that. I think I think as a as a non single person, um, 
we were doing a a study on on one corinthians um or we were looking at one corinthians 7 at the other week in our life group uh talking about marriage and and paul um paul basically says like if you can't control yourself then fine get married but everyone else just you know stay single focus on on like building the kingdom of god and only if you really just can't deal with it uh, should you get married and i i i think from from my perspective i read that and i'm i'm like yeah i think i would fall apart if i if i wasn't if i was if i was single so um i almost see it sometimes as like well actually for me i would not know what i'd be doing at all and so single people i see as maybe being more able to cope by themselves although i mean we've already said it's not necessarily um a choice or it's not necessarily your fault we don't know in like on we don't know everyone's individual situation but um certainly for me i feel like i would really struggle with not being in that so maybe there's like that kind of projection of uh when when people ask why are you still single there's that projection of like well i couldn't do it so how can you do it kind of maybe yeah these are very valid points um, but I think given the circumstances, when you look and think about a single person, you know, you go through your life, um, trying to achieve different goals. Like, you know, you go to, you go through education, you sit an exam, you get your degree, you continue on, you progress, you know, in your career. And then it's almost like, what is the next thing that you have to do in life? Oh, it's to find someone and then it's to get married and then it's to have kids and then it's to raise kids. And so it's almost like these are expectations that the world sets. But if you aren't married, then, you know, what's projected is maybe there's something wrong with you. If you do get married and then you get divorced, then you become single. It's like, oh, now I'm single like because of a failed marriage or if you become a widow and then it's it suddenly becomes very oh pity that person who is a single person you know you must be really lonely you must be you know not not okay blah 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 and all of that so there is a lot of stereotypes and expectations i think well i think that that as as much as a stereotype is a stereotype there's also a lot of truth to that to that stereotype <laughs> as well and i think that's that's where like Topics like this get interesting because I think all of the different possible possible combinations of what we've just discussed kind of exist. Like there are people that um, are single and unhappy about it, and their friends know that they're unhappy about it, so they constantly pester them about it because it's it's basically like a a, 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 a subcultural um, way of trying to help them out of that situation and to help them become like a similar member to the rest of the group that's there. But there are going to be other single people who are completely happy in their singleness um, and have the capacity to enjoy that singleness as well. As in, like, they, they have, so, um, so like, it's just they're playing off, Ben, what you just said there, that you feel like if you weren't married that you, you'd, be, you'd be falling apart. Um, but I think there are some people who actually know that they, they, they're, they'd much rather be single. Mm. Um, uh, but for their married friends, the reason they asked them is just to, is to still to get to know how their single friend is doing. Are they still happy in that state? And sure, the question is making this underlying assumption that, oh, you, you would be happier if you were single. But that's not necessarily true there either. Like, maybe maybe they're, they're just using that as a, a line of questioning or, 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 or a, yeah, so an approach to question them. But really, this is a very neutral question. And just all the other ones as well. You, you have people who are probably married, and could be either happy or unhappy in their marriage, or you've got divorced people who could be happy or un- unhappy in their in, in their marriage. So I, think, I feel like singleness is is in a sense, I guess from, it's not it's not that it's a neutral position, but I think it really comes down to the individual to determine mm. whether their singleness is for them a good thing or a bad thing. Um, so as much as there are societal expectations that we're discussing here, I think there's also a need to understand that for each individual that that the way that they respond to that societal expectation and therefore the way that their immediate community dialogues with them in their state of singleness is is, is variable for, for, for everyone. Like I feel like that's, well, yeah, maybe, and we'll probably talk about that in terms of how we've each dealt with that during our mode of singleness as well. Yeah. Do you guys have friends who try to set you up with people? How, is that annoying or is that, how, how, how do you receive that? 
Yes. And actually, I've, I've learned to appreciate it. Because, I, uh, one, it tells me that my friends really care. And I, I, I presume that they're being thoughtful about the, well, let's just call it matchmaking that they mm. try to do, even though it's a lot, it's a lot more kind of, not so much casual, but it's nowhere near as formal as that phrase kind of makes it sound like. So that sound make, makes it sound like. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I guess, I'm flattered and humbled that they would consider me someone worthy of, like, trying to 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 put effort into finding um, <laughs> a partner for. Um, but I think it's taken me time to get to that point, though. Like before, when I, I think when I was probably in my young twenties. Um, well, actually, I guess it never really happened to me back then. But I think if it had happened to me back then, I would have I would have felt a little bit more offended, thinking that wait, why are you trying to get in my business? Why are you trying to uh, control um, who I get to know? Let, mm. Like that should be my choice. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, I think there's also a, a realization that my 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 awareness of the the wider community that is there and is available, um, I may not have access to. And so actually having friends that know more people than I do or like help me to know more people than I, than I do right now um, is actually a useful thing within that, within that kind of context. I have. Not by friends. <laughs> I don't think my friends think I'm worthy enough to be set up, but they're just kidding. Um, I think, yeah, so I've had family members suggest other individuals but it's always bad suggestions and I'm like no no mother I do not want to just yeah so I think I think it would be nice to but yeah I I don't know people are too scared I think some people are too scared not knowing if I will be upset by that you know setup but I'm open to it nowadays interesting um, it's not happened to me. Um, not entirely sure why, uh, but yeah, I'd be open to it too. Um, yeah, not cool. Okay, cool. So um, moving on then, it'd be nice to hear about singleness in your own lives. So what has your journey of singleness looked like through the years? I feel like this is a polite way of saying, why are you single? But um, <laughs> given that we just talked about that, let's, yeah, it's put across this way. How has your journey of singleness been through the years? Oh, I don't, don't know how to, I don't actually know how to answer this because I think I think there's also I think there's also the difference with me in that I've not always been a Christian so and that has that has obviously influenced what my singleness and what dating looked like for me so so I wasn't a Christian um, until I was 20 late 20s 27 28. Um, and at that point I was mainly I was living in London and I'd lived there for about eight years and so so as a kind of a young single uh, person who was living the single life and I like you know I just started my career and stuff so it it was fun um, in London so you know went out with lots of friends Um, I did go on quite a few dates I vaguely remember going to a singles ball, I think, and I went to quite quite a lot of quite a lot of blind dates type things that were kind of you know you, that you signed up for on the internet and things like that, and and um, internet dating as well. And then and then I moved to Hong Kong in my late twenties, and I think I had a couple of dates in um, in Hong Kong, not Christians, uh, weirdly enough. And then now coming back to Bristol. Um, I've had a few dates either in in um, Bristol or London, and I think in terms of being single, um, my life my my life basically looks like as in um, doing quite a lot of stuff in terms of working. I have quite a lot of hobbies. My family are nearby, so I hang out with them quite a lot. Um, my nephews are nearby as well so I babysit quite a lot so I think I work quite hard to have a full life um, as well as trying to date I think is the way that I would put it so would you say overall right now you enjoy being single or is it something you struggle with or is it not 
not no, binary. I, definitely, I, I, I enjoy being single. I would say that I enjoy being single. Um, that's not always the case. Um, so because, I mean, at the beginning of lockdown, it was hard because of the fact that I'm quite a sociable person. So I enjoyed seeing people. And I was online dating and all that kind of things. And so when, at the beginning of lockdown, when all that was taken away, that was really, really hard. Um, but I, re- I think I realised at that point that um, I had to be, I had to be proactive about having a fulfilled life, and that doesn't necessarily have to come from dating or from another person. Um, it has to come from kind of what I, what I find meaning and bringing that into my life. Mm, good. Sounds nice and well-rounded. Um, Josh. How about you? So I, I've been single pretty much all my life. I've only like dated officially um, to other two, two people, and both of those relationships were very very short. And uh, so I wouldn't say like I've been in any like long term or stable relationship. So in that in that sense, I basically I've, I've always been single. Um, and my last relationship. Well, like the yeah, last kind of official relationship was probably well, I think I was like six, seven, eight years ago now. Um, but of course, since then, of course, but since then, um, I've been on dates, but I've not had a girlfriend. If I want to use kind of like contemporary language behind it, anyway. Um, so yeah, so I've been on dates, but I've not, but ne- never more than like two or three, and none have progressed to like becoming a relationship in that sense. Um, but otherwise, though, I've really enjoyed my singleness. So. For me, lockdown hasn't been difficult either. In fact, it, in fact, lockdown was a really, really good chance for me to just um, enjoy being in my own company for a really, really long time. Um, I think, thankfully, my own temperament, um, being quite a strong introvert, also meant that I was able to to enjoy it uh, a lot better than than most people that I've spoken to have been able to as well. Um, so yeah, so generally, sing- being single has, has been well. Partly, is I've gotten used to it, so I don't really know otherwise. Um, so no, I, it could be that I'm really unhappy. I just don't. I just don't. I just have no reference point to, to judge from. Um, but otherwise, I'm I, yeah. I, I, I like my singleness. I really enjoy uh, my own time and my own space and my ability and my freedom to just choose to choose whatever I want in terms of what I want to eat, uh, what I want to wear. Um, not having not having to prioritize or having to uh, consider someone else's opinion. Um, like to that kind of extent, anyway. Um, so yeah, so basically, I yeah, I've always been single and quite quite enjoyed it. I think the 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 time when it was hardest though, so it wasn't so much. I, I wouldn't describe it as it was. I found being single difficult, but probably more actually just I think just the loneliness difficult was there was there was a period of a few years when I was living in Bristol when um, all of my friends were older than me and. There was a period of about two or three years when I was basically attending about four or five marriages, uh, weddings, not marriages, uh, four or five weddings every summer. So all of my all of my friends um, around me were were getting married around the same time in a very short space of a few years, and and I think that kind of really highlighted um, my my situation because being a little bit younger than them meant that I was kind of then under this pressure or like this kind of internalized pressure like okay, right, all of my friends are now getting married does that mean that i need to get married as well um and and so that kind of period was a bit harder to deal with my singleness especially at that time i was at an age where i guess emotionally i'm also kind of desiring a relationship a bit more um as well um but yeah but i think yeah now that i've spent so much time as a single person living by myself and having gotten all my routine and uh, lifestyle orientated around uh, my life just being me. Um, it's meant that I've kind of, I've kind of well passed that phase now. And so, yeah, so I enjoy my my singleness right now. Wow. Would it be fair to say for you two that being in a relationship or being single is, you see it maybe more as a just a, a state like like you you're just in it or you're not um as opposed to like part of your identity because i think it feels like um sometimes when i speak to when i hear from single people um who are desperate to be in a relationship it's 
there's there's this sense of it need it being part of who you are like um whereas it sounds like the way that you two have described your own experiences it sounds like it's just oh right now i'm single and yeah maybe that can change or maybe it, it won't is that would that be fair to say or not I think I'd put it into the context of I'm single within the context of that basically means I'm unmarried. So I think when we say we're single or when someone describes themselves as, as single, what I think we, what we've got to hear that is basically they're, they're not um, in a covenantal marriage to someone else. But that doesn't then mean that, that they don't have these needs of relationship or companionship or friendship or mm. the ability to like just be to, to talk to someone and be, to, to know and be known to have relationship with with someone it's just that what is the what is the mode through which those relationships then get ex, then get expressed so when we talk about singleness i think we kind of then immediately go to this point where we think okay so you as a single person have no relationships in your life and that's completely not true i think for me as a single person i've been able to enjoy a lot of friendships um as an introvert like i i the way i engage in those friendships is different so maybe let's say like an extrovert but but being single actually allows me to engage with my community in a way that values and leverages the friendships that I have, leverages the time that I have to spend more time with um, other people who are in a similar situation with me as well. And in a sense, basically, I, I get to enjoy relationship, just not within the not within the context of a marriage. So I still have those same needs for friendship and and relationship, but they're just expressed and enjoyed within a diff- within a different context. I think then the the, the more difficult question then is of course, uh, do I desire to in experience that that nature of relationship that you can can only be experienced within a marriage? And I would say yes. Like I actually do desire marriage. So whilst I've just said that I really enjoy being single, I still desire to be married though. But I don't think that those two things are necessarily in conflict with each other. Like, I think we create this false dichotomy that if uh, you're single, you can't, uh, if you're single, but you, you desire marriage, that you can't be in a happy situation. But I do think that it's possible to both be single and to enjoy your singleness and still desire marriage and be okay with that as well. That doesn't necessarily mean that those things have to result in a, in a, in a in a conflict, I think they can simply be a tension that can be held in in quite a content and comfortable way. Yeah, I agree. And I think going back to your your comment, Ben, regarding people who who really, really, you know, who really desire a relationship or marriage. I think, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'd be really interested to hear what Josh said about this, but I, but for me. I've had to do quite a lot of internal work to get to where I am now in terms of emotionally and psychologically because because I've had to sift through mentally in terms of, well, why do I feel like this? And and making a choice of either of either kind of bowing to society and really go for, you know, hell for leather in terms of the whole dating thing and finding a partner. Or, or actually just respecting who I am, where I am, and also um, valuing myself and knowing that I'm of I'm 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 equally as worthy as a married person without being married, and actually being able to to say to the world I'm I'm good enough as I am, and still be able to enjoy. A good life and to not have to make dating or a relationship the holy grail um yeah what do you think josh uh i i, I in, a, in a sense that whole idea the where, where not so much dating but i think marriage in particular is a bit of a holy grail like to, to honest, I, I can personally i can see a little bit of significance behind that like so again going back to that early statement where there is a societal expectation that, that you're not happy or you, you would be happier let's say if you were married uh, well as a as a even as kind of like a, a um uh, uh let's say a biblical interpretation of it that there is there is kind of precedence for saying that um there is a a wholeness or a completeness that can be found an intimacy that can be found in marriage 
And I think that again, that then gets amplified to where we call it the Holy Grail. But of course, that amplification needs to come from somewhere in the first place. So there is that there is a thing about marriage which itself is very very good in its in its nature. So I guess the the idea where where when Adam and Eve they they finally see each other, then that that is the nature of what is very it is not good that Adam is alone. It's not good that man is alone. And and I'm not saying male at that point. I think it's it's for humanity or any individual human to not be alone. So to be alone is not a good thing. And so marriage, or basically the wider sense of relationship, is what we need. Is, is it, it is we are only in a in a state of let's say completeness and peace and contentment when we are in relationship to to the degree that we are designed to to, to enjoy as well. And so when I think when society places that upon us, it's not without uh, wisdom behind it. But I think it's then from that wisdom, how do we then engineer those relationships in ways that work for our contemporary situation? So for the for the person that, that's really unhappy with their singleness, well, for me, like I I because I, I guess I, I talk to these people as well, and I try to work out, okay, what is it about your singleness that you're unhappy with, though? Is it because um, you have certain needs that need that need meeting? Is it because you want friendship? Is it because you need companionship? And I think people especially in in the modern west right now because of how individual we individualist we our society has been been built especially for us who live alone and and, and kind of now into people into their 30s and 40s as well um those pressures point us to only one solution which is to get married without then trying to re-engineer or recontextualize how can relationships work in a way that are satisfying, but do not necessarily need a marriage context in order to be satisfied as well. But you can learn so much, so much more wisdom in life by being in a relationship, by being in a marriage, no? You're not going to know the struggles. You're not going to know how, you know, the complexities of raising children up as a single person, unless you adopt as a single person. But but you're not going to understand that deep level of intimacy of on, on this world. Because I know, yes, um, in, in heaven, it, we're not going to be married. There is no need for marriage in heaven. But here on this side of eternity, I think the fact that the church, well, the Bible has a lot of imagery and symbolism behind how, you know, Christ is, is you know, um, the Christ is the groom and, and the church is the bride and that that level of love. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I can so I completely agree with that as well. And I think that's where I think we're starting to get a better picture of how we can live as both so how some of us can and should live as singles who are happy and some of us can and should live as married people who are happy as well. And to be in the other state would then be a state of unhappiness. Because I think, as what you've just said there, it just highlights that there is a, it highlights the value of marriage or being in a married situation where you can get to enjoy raising children, you can get to enjoy the intimacy of being with a spouse. And those are very good things. But of course, there are some people who may not enjoy that because because of other reasons. And so um, if they're, let's say, into a uh, arranged marriage or they're into a, a marriage that was not by their own choice, and it was either societal, political, economic concerns that that marriage happened. Excuse me. Um, then at that point, you've got someone who doesn't want to be in that marriage, and they might actually have preferred to be to be single. But at the same time, they'll get to en- they'll, they'll still get to enjoy that the the experiences of raising children and, and so on and so on and so on. But I think what you've just highlighted there is actually there is a way to enjoy life as a single person that some people will be able to leverage the potential of. And there's also ways for people to enjoy marriage and leverage the full uh, value of being in that state as well. So I guess going back to like Ben's original question, when you say is singleness simply then a mode of living and experiencing relationship in, I, I think to a very far extent, yes, it's then a case of working out for you individually, what do you need? Do you need to try to stay, do you need to stay single or, or should you stay single or do you need to get married and would you fare better um, and enjoy life more? as a married person and at that point there are of course of course that's like generalizing all both sides of of the coin of, of the um of the fence i guess but it, it shows that there is at least value to both both modes of being at that point so are you saying that if if someone one of our listeners or me 
<laughs> struggles <laughs> with the singleness that they have. Is that a bad thing? You tell me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, Ansi, we mi- we missed you uh, when we were talking about what was singleness like. Um, and that's oh, because I wanted to ask that question before I heard from you uh, or before we heard from you. So, uh, so do you want to start at, at that point? Uh, I thought I ducked that. <laughs> well, you, we, you can duck it if you want. Um, so my journey of singleness has been rough. Um, it's, I think it it comes down to just because I met Jesus in my teens. Um, I put Jesus first as you should rightly. So Uh, listeners put Jesus first. And then I think I just, I just thought by university, I would have met someone that didn't happen. Um, nor was I, I wasn't really that active in looking in university either. I think I did serve God a lot in university. And then even after university, I went overseas and did missions. So, but I, I just thought, you know, if, if God provides someone great, if not, that's okay too. Uh, so I think by the age of 23, I was praying for God to, you know, make it clear to me if I was to remain single or not. Um, and, and that just became my prayer throughout the years since age 23. Um, and just to be content, whatever the circumstances. And so I find myself not always being content in my singleness. Um, obviously, there are times where you are because you have this wonderful freedom of just serving the Lord undistracted um, and no, you know, no, no issues, no, no distractions, no, um, no one that will badger you all the time. But at the same time, there have been times where Satan does use that element of you are single, you need accountability. um, And look at you, you're just, yeah. So I think, I think it's, it is a, it is a sore point with me. Um, And through the years, I think it came to a point where God really did highlight to me that maybe is an idol. So like what you said, marriage is the holy grail. Um, being in a relationship is 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 an idol. Um, is it something that I put on the pedestal? And I think, yes, because sometimes the, the people that are around you do influence you. Um, the things that people say, your family members, your friends, everybody's all matched up and, you know, getting married. Um, and I think even down to seeing people that are, a whole decade younger than me get engaged or get married. Like it, it can hit a nerve at times because this is a young person that I've, you know, brought to faith or discipled along the way. And, and, and there they are, you know, making it into an idol. Um, and I've, I've, I've seen it. And I also, this is, this is definitely something I struggle with. Um, but at the same time, I know that every time I am struggling with it, it's because, or if I'm struggling with single um, uh, loneliness, uh, I'm lacking that intimacy with God at that point. Um, and I'm not looking to Christ at that point. I'm looking at these earthly beings. I'm looking at what people are saying, or I'm looking at, you know, this very attractive guy who's, you know, on stage and worshiping or, you know, leading us in worship or et cetera, et cetera. So I think, I think that comes a point where I, I understand that there are other people in the church like me that do have these struggles and these are very valid struggles to be wrestling with. But at the same time, I know that, you know, singleness is a blessing. Marriage is also a blessing. And, but at the same time, I know that it's, it's okay to want to have someone because while we are here on this earth, it is lonely. It is, it is a bit hard to do life by yourself. Um, and what, what was that Ecclesiastes point? Was it Ecclesiastes? Pity the man who falls and no one's there to pick him up. Um, and then when, when two lie down, you know, they'll, it'll be a lot warmer. A cord of three strands is a lot stronger and all of this. So I think there is a need for companionship. But I also know that it is wrong to put it on a pedestal. It is wrong to 
put it first before God, because fundamentally it is God who satisfies you, it is God who should be the one that you are, you know, feeling that love from fundamentally. Um, because I know many, many times my couple friends tell me, um, you know, even in marriage, you will still feel lonely. Like if loneliness is a thing as a single person, it will still be an issue in your marriage because your spouse is not going to take away that loneliness. And I'm like, okay, thank you for that, you know, pre-warning. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I think it's, okay to admit that you are struggling with singleness. Um, and it's great for uh, Jan and Josh to have, you know, come to a place of, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy it. Um, and I'm glad actually Jan shared she had to go through a, a period in her life where she had to wrestle with these things to get to where she is today. But unfortunately, I'm not there. <laughs> and the thing is, it's not, it's not a... It's not a journey that that complete, Sansi. It it happens all the time. I know. So it's not like uh, I I waver. I waver between but between being okay, being good about being single and wanting a relationship or being married. I you know it it really depends on what's going on with my life. It depends yeah. on you know lockdown, whatever, and um, it depends on lots of things. So it's an ongoing journey. Yes. So, so yeah. So it, it, I, don't, I don't see it as this is my complete state. It's not. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I will, you know, I, I will go back to being, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. But, I guess it is circumstantial, like, depending on what you are dealing with at that chapter in your life. So I think, I think there are seasons in my life where I am I am content because I ain't got time to deal with a guy. I ain't got time to raise a family, you know. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it would be nice to, you know, not be alone all the time on on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. It would be it would be nice to, you know, financially invest in a property with another human being and all of this stuff. But but these, I also know that these are very worldly things um, and success isn't based on those things um which is what the world tells us so yeah i think there's a couple of points i want to respond to there as well though, <laughs> like, the, the first i mean like the first one at the risk of like sounding like a theologian which i am you are because um, <laughs> i guess we, we, we've we've kind of hinted at this idea or this kind of societal concept that marriage is this holy holy grail and i actually i do want to say that again like there, there's 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 it's not without it's not without wisdom that idea i think the fact that uh it sounds like at least for, for the three single people that are on the that are recording this right now um that there is at least some kind of desire like we've all shown shown behavior that that that, that betrays or demonstrates that actually we do desire to get married at, at some point or with, and, and to find the right person um and to make a wise choice in that in that regard as well um i think it really it, so it, really, it, it just highlights that marriage uh and being in a in a, in a, in a marriage is something that's most not all but most people will have a natural desire for and it's a good thing to be in that level of intimate relationship is is is, is a good thing and i think for for us as christians we then understand that goodness as being uh, both a desire that is given from and also fulfilled by god in the form of him both providing for us with a spouse hopefully in the right time and in the right circumstance but i think there's also i, I just love the idea when uh, when the bible actually presents Christ and the church as the bridegroom and the bride. So even the Bible will use that image of a marriage or a wedding ceremony, at least to to demonstrate just the sheer intimacy or of, of how much God of how much Jesus loves us. But I think even more than that, it, it highlights the idea where as much as we desire marriage right now, or let me put it into an even more fundamental deconstructive position, as much as we each as human beings actually need and desire relationship of any kind, and especially when it comes to the marriage kind as well actually what those things are meant to point us to is the only one that can really mm. provide a fully satisfying relationship which gets painted in this picture of the spouse relationship of the bride and the bridegroom and in christ and the church but really it's just showing that actually it's like for 
if you want, if if you're looking for the perfect husband, you could spend your entire life on Earth looking for one on Earth. You're not going to find him mm-hmm. because there's only one person that can provide that. But even so, but if we can come to if we can come to that understanding, what it at least shows is that uh, the, the, so what it at least shows is that we do need relationship, but only one person or one being can actually provide a fully satisfying relationship in that sense. And so for me, when I take that as logic, I then reverse it and say, okay, so even as a single person, then what I really need is relationship. I might try and find it within a spousal relationship, but who I need first and foremost is still Christ, mm. first and foremost. Without that, whether I'm single or I'm married, it's still going to be ultimately unsatisfying because of how broken broken we are in our marriages, in our families, in our singleness as well. Mm. So I feel like if, even for me, in, in my singleness, um, in one sense, it's me uh, manifesting my personality, just living out of my temperament naturally. At the same time, it, 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 it's pro- I, I think it's probably also like a manifestation of the brokenness of society. The fact that I live by myself, I, I live by myself, away, like tens of miles away from my family back in Portsmouth. Uh, so away from my parents, away from my sisters, away from my um, from the community that I grew up with. I, I've, I've had, because of my work, because of my economic situations, because of the, the choices that I've made in various spheres, I'm now detached from that community and I have to create new communities where I go. And the, so that lack of consistency, that lack of permanency that I may experience within a marriage is felt more. And yet at the same time, I also get to experience a wider number of relationships and friendships um, I get more time to to serve others and look after look after people in the way that they need as well. Um, those are also good things as well. But again, all those point to is just it just highlights again my need for a relationship. But I get to, I I now get to exercise it in different aspects as well. But for me, it's still it for me knowing that Christ is the one that really satisfies mm-hmm. um, isn't so much of a dismissal of all that. It just highlights that I shouldn't hope that marriage becomes the thing that answers any tensions that I that I live with right now and to then try to and so this leads me on to my second point which is saying when we talk about relationships and singleness and marriage within the western world we we do tend to think of from from an egocentric position and by that I mean I think we, we tend to think of it as like I, I I like like you said like you said Nancy when it comes to those evenings sometimes you just want someone there to to talk to to have companionship with to enjoy a meal with but I do think there is also a a brokenness in the way that we then understand that I want or I need a relationship for me and we don't talk enough or we've not explored enough. And I, I include myself in this as well. We don't really explore enough the, the idea of I want a relationship so that I can then love and serve the other person, mm. so that I can then exercise my desire to care for and support and love someone else like i think that is probably the more pure articulation of that desire that we have to get married not for our, not so much for ourselves which i think is probably more of a, of a corruption of what we want marriage to be and what we really want is to be in a relationship where we again we are known but we also know the other person as well so it's, it's not just we want to be known by someone else we, we want to be able to serve that person we want to get to know them we want to get, we want to, get to support them and, and love them as well and and yes yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it as, as, as that because I think it can get can get a lot more complicated. I yeah, I, I completely agree with you there that we do have a desire to want to serve and care for somebody. But I also know that we should use that desire to serve God at the same time. Um, so <laughs> there's one time um, someone commented, oh, you're becoming like that old Chinese lady who has loads of plants. And in my head, I'm like, no, I'm not because I think we naturally have an inclination to want to tend and grow and see something, you know, blossom and and yeah. care for something. Um not just plants, it could be pets, it could be, you know, um helping helping mentor younger people or um things like that. So so I think it's it's very natural for us to want to be doing something to yeah just to serve just to yeah exactly have, yeah exactly and so I, I, I think that's what i mean when I, when we then say that as single people we we then have a wider array of of context to yes. express more opportunities those, exactly Th- those gifts those um the the wideness of relationship the, the the sheer variety and spectrum 
of ways that we can then express that. Because I think when it comes to a marriage, it's then also understanding that your spouse becomes your primary ministry. Your spouse becomes the one that you commit to and you, want, you, you then choose to serve them above everyone else. Now, in a world where everyone, and I mean 100% of people are all married, then great, everyone's got someone looking after them. But because of where we are, but because of how the world is right now, like that, that's why I mean, it's probably necessary that some of us remain single to look after the people who aren't also married or within that safe, not safety, but within the context of a marriage where they can then get to experience being looked after by someone else as well. And for whatever, for whatever reason, like that they, they may have a background, which means that they cannot um, care for themselves. And so they need someone, someone else to care for them. But if everyone's looking after their spouses, well, who's going to look after that person? And so I think God is placing people with the right skills and with the right temperaments to be able to enjoy, not just endure, but enjoy their singleness to then have the opportunity and space and time and, and, and efforts to then look after those people instead. I think with, I think with the whole waiting thing, I think like in between, either in between relationships or, you know, I think for people who are, you know, single or who are desiring a relationship or, you know, trying to find their their partner or their spouse or whatever I think it's a I think it's a really really great time for people to get to know themselves um unattached and on their own because things can get so complicated and so confusing when there's somebody else in the mix and it's so I think it's so important to understand who you are as a person before you attach yourself to another person um and if you don't, and if you don't, I think if you don't do that, I think things then can just get harder in a relationship because because then in a relationship it's much harder to, to go well. How do I actually feel about this before I become a we, you know? Um, yeah, and and also like I think I think the thing the thing that brings to mind was that I went out on a date with somebody once where where he admitted that he struggled with being on his own and and when he said that I just thought I just thought that is not a good enough reason for you to be in a relationship there's actually issues that you need to deal with about being on your own or or not enjoying your own company there's issues there um so so yeah so I just think it's a great opportunity for people to get to know themselves in between marital states. I think that's that's a really important uh, piece of wisdom um, because I think I think yeah, so many people look for look to a relationship for um, answers to questions that they need to figure out themselves. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they don't, then what will become? what should be their feelings or the way that they should handle something will be how their how their sp- spouse chooses to handle or feel about something and that is not the same thing mm, yeah um josh you mentioned genesis uh genesis chapter two earlier where um god says it's not good for man to be alone so i just wonder if uh how how that verse and how the context of that verse might might play into the conversation that, that you guys have just been having but the context is, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. That's uh-huh. Genesis 2.18, guys, just in case you want to fact check. <laughs> I mean, this one's a hard one because, yes, that verse is there. But I, I think also to point out that singleness isn't a permanent state. So, so yes. A man is not designed to be on his own, but also there's also the acceptance of the will of God for now. So that state, that state might change later. And so that, so yeah, so that there, there's a part of that where it's also succumbing to the will of God, um, and also enjoying what He has given you now and the blessings that you do have. Hmm. Go on, Josh. Give it. Oh, okay, you go first. No, give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> What's the answer? <laughs> I don't have an answer. I feel like I've already said, I've already like commented a little bit. You did, you did. 
Uh, Shall I? Yeah, you go first. I'll, I'll, I'll commentate on your commentary. Okay, then. So Genesis 2 was before the fall. Interesting. Hmm. That's all so, I'll say. Oh, right. <laughs> right? Okay. I, I mean, it, that feels a little bit like... Um, it just, it's obviously true, uh, but it feels like maybe it's it's like oh here's here's a way that we can explain it uh, to avoid to to avoid the question of like wait does that mean I I need to to be married I my my understanding of it is um, actually if you read the passage the bit of the passage before which is always a good idea um, <laughs> God's just put Adam into the garden and he's just said like this is yours to take care of this is yours to steward um, and work and. I guess it's not really just about being a like a farmer. It's about like this is the world that I've created for you, and and you are putting it to um, to live a life and to 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 do things. I mean, we've we've had past episodes where we talked about the purpose of work and stuff. Um, and I think it's it's then realizing this doesn't work for people to do in isolation. Um, and so while Eve is definitely um, a like a counterpart. Adam, while there is definitely um, a significance to the fact that it's man and woman that are helpers, um, I think in a more general sense, it's it's God kind of saying, like, we need each other, we need, or you need community with um, with other human beings, as well as community with God, which which mm. already exists. Right? Um, so I, I think it's almost, I, I think if someone was using this as a... Um, to try and say everyone in the world has to be married, I would say that would not be a strong argument because right. even though you can kind of get at it from that, I think you can also see it in the more general sense. And also in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7, um, Paul talks about how singleness is also a gift. Hmm. Jesus was single. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> And he, didn't have, and he didn't have children. Uh, yeah. yeah. But he died at 33, though. <laughs> died at 33. Um, well, for this this passage in Genesis 2, it was it was basically God commenting, yeah, about Adam being by himself. Um, and well, I'm going to follow on from ben, Ben's example and, and refer to the rest of the scripture around as well. But I'm going to go to the verses afterwards. Yeah, be um, fruitful and multiply. Is no, 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 not that, Oh, you're not, not going to talk it. about that? <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, like, the, the verses immediately after it. Because <laughs> it, it's interesting, like, when you see that God, God observes that it's not good that Adam is alone. And so he says, okay, I'll make a helper suitable for him. But the first thing he does, he does isn't then to go ahead and make Eve straight away. He... He then brings. He then makes the the animals. So he. Uh, uh, I'm just going to read it from my from my Bible. Now out of the ground, the Lord God formed had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought and and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. So he says, "Hmm, it's not good that you're alone. I'm going to bring all these animals to you and see what you call them." And <laughs> like, like, like it doesn't make logical sense for us when we just hear it in its in its um in its narrative. But if you, I think if we look deeper into it, it's like God sees that it's not going to happen to be alone. There are all these other creatures that God has also created. Can Adam find from amongst all of those creatures another being that he uh, feels an equal with, that mm -hmm. he feels knows who he is? And the way that it gets presented is by seeing what does Adam then call that animal. So whatever, And of course it then says that whatever name that Adam gave to that, that creature, that was its name. And so Adam needs to identify, he needs to identify himself in relation to that creature and then give it a name out of that relationship. And it's only when Eve is finally brought to him that he finally realizes, ah, this is what I've been looking for. This is the thing that I've been missing. So far, all these other creatures don't satisfy that yearning that I have to know, as in to give name to, in, in a sense, and also to be known, to be called a name to, and be related to in return as well. So that communion that is only capable within the human-to-human -human interaction is what Adam's looking for. So when it comes to this question of do we all then, does this does this verse two eighteen then mean that we all need a spouse? Well, in a sense, yes. But of course, now we realise that it's not that spousal relationship isn't one that's necessarily um, uh, spousal in human terms. 
But spousal in this sense of we are we all need that level of relationship where we encounter someone that knows us and yet is other to us as well. As in, it, it, Adam, Adam, Adam wasn't brought uh, another Adam, he was brought Eve. And humanity in the biblical picture is only caught, the only definition of humanity in the biblical picture is man and woman. And so we do need this idea where we find ourselves, we find our own identity by being related to someone else from that same, let's say, uh, uh, race, the, the human race in that sense. And so by knowing um, the other, we then find ourselves as well. And that's where the satisfaction, that's where the design of it comes from. Um, in that sense, it doesn't mean that it has to come from a spouse relationship. I, I, it, my interpretation is that it doesn't have to come from a spouse relationship, but it has to come from someone else though, as well, instead. Can I just say that I don't think we can take this verse too literally or in reference to ourselves because, because um, Adam was on his own with a bunch of animals. That would drive me mad um, to find someone else. So it's, not, it's really not the same. It's really, really not the same. I can, I can get my emotional, mental, social needs from other people that isn't my spouse. At this at this juncture of life of uh, in two thousand and twenty, because there's other people in the world. In Adam's time, that was very different. So I don't think that we can compare in the same way. And therefore, your answer to the question of do we all need a spouse would be no. Right. Yeah, we don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think we do. Um, not just from not just because of from that, but also because of the fact that we're all made differently, and our all our needs are different. And so, I do not buy into that everybody on this earth requires needs a spouse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the verse itself. I mean, the, the translation that we've got in front of us here is: "It is not good for the man to be alone." So that's the problem that needs solving. Uh, yeah. Whether, that's, whether that occurs through a spousal relationship then is, is then up to God then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think man needs community, mm. but not necessarily a spouse or a exclusive relationship. Yeah, I agree with you there, Jan, about the community. But at this point, Adam was by himself. And so that leads me on to what he then told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. Like how can humanity start when it was just one man? It had to have begun somewhere. So yeah. I think in this context, it is, it is basically looking at just Adam by himself. He needs to populate. Yes, there was very much a need for him to have somebody else to procreate with. Yes, at that context, yeah. In that context, that is not the case now. Thank you so much, Josh and Jan, for um, sharing uh, in the first part of this episode, Singleness. Uh, yeah, it, this is really interesting. I'm, I'm learning so much uh, and it's really good to have you guys on. So thank you. We'll be back next week for the second part. Um, so but in the meantime, if you want to send in any questions, please get in touch with us at abside at the bcec.org.uk. Until next week. Bye. <laughs>